Hi, it's John J. Wiley. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is honored and thrilled to be part of the Federation for American Immigration Reform's Hold the Feet to the Fire Radio Row event, where 71 of the nation's top talk shows are doing their shows, and we're one of them. And we are doing this at the fabulous Park Phoenix Hotel, just blocks from the Capitol Building. As a matter of fact, that was the Capitol Building earlier with at least 50 of America's top sheriffs and law enforcement officers, some real heroes and dedicated public servants that I met today. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. The place to be online is our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. You'll get access to unique news articles, editorials, and so much more. That's Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. Broadcasting from the Federation for American Immigration Reform, hold their feet to the fire radio row event at the Fabus Park Phoenix Hotel in Washington, D.C. This is Law Enforcement Today Show. Special guest. Art Del Cueto, and I'll let, I'll let you introduce yourself, Art. So I'm the Nash. I'm I'm an active agent, obviously, but uh, what allows me to be able to speak at a lot of these events and uh, speak in a lot of events that I've spoken to. I'm on Fox News, uh, different uh, media venues. I've, obviously, I've uh, been with President Trump, and I've spoken at the White House at the, their press room. I'm the National Vice President of the Border Patrol Council, so I work out of the Tucson sector, which is the largest sector in the entire country. And I'm the then national spokesman for the National Council. And obviously, I'm also the host of my own show down in Tucson. And it's a podcast. Give it a shameless plug. Yeah, right. I always say that. But here's my shameless plug. It's called The Green Line. And it's available through uh, iHeartRadio. Excellent. First of all, thank you for your service. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, you are Border Patrol. Is that correct, Toronto? Correct. Okay. I know because people say CBP. Well, it's part of CBP and it's part of DHS. So people aren't wrong when, when they say that. But I like to be specific because I'm very proud of the Border Patrol. Well, they've uh, totally been around different. a long time, and it's they have different. a mission that a lot of people really don't understand. And I'm I'm one of them. Right. No, and it's totally different than other than than what you hear, because uh, even even our, our training is different. Our physical standards are different. It's just different than other parts of CBP and DHS. And obviously, we work in very remote areas. We work by ourselves, where sometimes your backup is over an hour away. Uh, we're, we work between the ports of entries. So we're not working at the ports. We're working between the ports. And the easiest way to describe it is pretty much everyone in CBP wears blue. Uh, we wear green. Uh, that's why uh, the show that I have is called The Green Line. Excellent. It makes perfect sense. And I've seen some television shows, I believe, on National Geographic's, where they've they've been following along with some of the Border Patrol agents right. in Arizona, uh, New Mexico, Nevada, near the border, and, and seeing what they deal with. And I'll be honest with you, I had no idea. I, I'm from a city police environment. Mm-hmm. So I'm, when you think of hardcore, violent, crime-ridden uh, neighborhoods, that's what I'm used to. Seeing a guy 
part of a team, when I say a team, maybe two or three right. scattered around a long right. area, a big area, at night in the desert, I don't know where you even start doing that. So, so the first, my first uh, shift when I first joined the patrol, when I finally got out of the academy by myself, it was a, a graveyard shift, right? And one of the first groups that I ever apprehended by myself was at about six o'clock in the morning in the middle of the desert. And it was a group of 80. And I had to wait about half an hour to 40 minutes for my backup to arrive. And I think that's what makes a big difference. And I, I have a lot of friends that are in law enforcement and uh, city police and state police. And when I see them and they say, you know, they'll put send me pictures of themselves uh, getting uh, some marijuana or some meth or whatever drugs that they get. And it's usually like a Ziploc bag or something to that effect. Uh, and then I'll send them uh, pictures when I get five trucks, five F-100s or F-250s full of marijuana with like tons and tons of, of, of drugs in it or, you know, uh, over 100 pounds of methamphetamines and heroin and stuff like that. And, and they just they send me back messages and say, you got to be you got to be that guy. Right. And yeah, I'm mad like, respect for you <laughs> right now. I'll be I'm just letting you know, man, you know, we're not dealing with uh, uh, not not to degrade their job in any way. I don't want to do that. Uh, but we don't deal with with. Petty crime, you would say, and and what, the individuals that we're arresting when we're catching these the, the drugs are major major cartels uh, that are trying to enter our, our country, and uh, there's a big difference. And then explain uh, the correlation with the cartels involving the immigration, illegal immigration, and and narcotics trafficking. So, so it's 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 a big issue, and first of all, I want your audience to understand, I grew up on the border. Okay, I was born on the border. I grew up on the border. I live on the border. I, I work on the border. I'm in law enforcement. I've been seeing this my whole life. You know, I, I like I said, you know, I shamelessly plug my, my radio show. But at the same time, it, I, we started doing it and I started becoming more vocal because I've seen a lot of uh, individuals that you know are able to get on that soapbox and talk about all oh, the issues of, of immigration. The issue, I've, I, and I don't consider myself an expert, but I can tell you, it gets frustrating when I see other people that are on the soapbox talking about it because I think, you don't know what I've lived, so you don't know the reality. It's easy to talk about it. It's easy to make it the part of the subject the last couple of, you know, two, three years. Especially when you've never had to deal with it. But I've been there my whole life. 45 right. years I've been there. And I've one of the things it. I used to always say, and it, I know it's condescending, I'll call people, a lot of these administrators or people right. in political positions that talk a big game, I call them pencil pushers, or the, the most dangerous thing they've encountered is a paper cut or a rusty paper right. clip. Uh, they don't know what the reality is like, not just for the law enforcement people like you, but for the people, because not everybody that's coming across is doing it willingly. Exactly and they're, it. they're doing it in terms that puts their lives in jeopardy, mm -hmm. and that's a price they have to pay to try to become Americans or get to America. Well, a lot of these areas uh, are controlled by the criminal cartels on the south side, which is in the Mexican side. Okay, so they control the traffic also. That's why a lot of people get involved and they say, well, you know, there's more traffic here, there's less traffic here. You, We need to always be aware of those type of trends. Many times, the, the traffic of illegal aliens in certain areas means that the traffic of drugs are gonna be higher. 
So the drug, the drug cartels don't want the people in the way because then it brings more heat and it brings more agents to those particular locations. Now, at the same time, sometimes these drug cartels, they'll send a big load of, of humans through the uh, area. That way, agents can be preoccupied arresting those and they can bring their drugs later on. So that's something that we continuously see. Uh, I'm responsible for the area down in Arizona, which is the, near the Tohono O'odham Indian Reservation. Mm -hmm. And um, that's the largest sector in the entire country. The Tucson sector happens to be the largest. But how big is it? It's, well, I can tell you that just on the, on the reservation alone, and that's uh, a little bit less than half, we're responsible for over 65 linear miles with the border in that area alone. Um, so it's 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 a vast area covers pretty much all of Arizona That's huge. and it's it's humongous and and I'll tell you this is where the problem is when everyone was focused on these caravans and these groups that were turning themselves in right uh, in in areas of Texas and all that we didn't have that in Arizona what we had was we still had groups trying to avoid arrest going through rigor rigorous areas making sure that border patrol would not catch them and at the same time we were dealing with over 40 percent this is a big number over 40 percent of all the drug seizures in the entire country were in that sector alone. 40 percent over 40 percent what kind of drugs are we talking we're about? talking marijuana we're talking uh, liquid meth, methamphetamines, uh, heroin, cocaine, and fentanyl. Now, CBP themselves reported that last year alone, they were able to seize. That's just what they seized. It's not what got through. But they were able to seize enough fentanyl to kill every single human being in the United States. That's mind-boggling stuff. And it almost makes me wish for the, the good old days. Back we just dealt with heroin, cocaine, and marijuana, and PCP. Right. Uh, and, <laughs> and that was a difficult time. Don't get me wrong mm -hmm. when I say that. But this fentanyl beast is something that's, that has popped up well after my career ended. Yeah, it's claimed many lives. Uh, I'll tell you, we ourselves get a little uh, concerned. It's something that people don't think about. Um, the heroin epidemic is huge. Now, I want your listeners to, to get as many other people and, and, and bring them to this station and listen to these words because I think that the message is not getting across sometimes to some of middle America. And it's not getting across perhaps to some of the, of the wives, uh, the homeowners, and, and, and the, the, the stay-at-home moms. You need to really understand what's going on here. Um, these drugs are not staying in, in the border. They're coming into our communities. Uh, I speak at, at various high schools down in my area, and there is a widespread epidemic when it comes to heroin use in the high schools. And heroin. It was never that way before. Heroin in the high schools. And, and, and why is it happening? Because we have individuals that are okay with open borders. We have politicians that are okay with open borders. So what we got here, and, and, and it's scary, and I know I'm going completely off track, but it's all on the same places. It has to do with border security. You have a group of people let me do this. Let me cut you off. Yes. Let's take a short break. We're talking with Art Del Cueto. This is Law Enforcement Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. John discovered a cool new app, and he just can't put it down because it has millions of great podcasts. 
including Law Enforcement Today. So now you can listen anytime, anywhere, and also chat with John. It's called Podopolo. It's free on either app store, so join John there. Follow Law Enforcement Today and DM John when you do. That's Podopolo. Download it now. The place to be online is our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. You'll get access to unique news articles, editorials, and so much more. That's Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. Back to our conversation with Art Del Cueto, uh, Border Patrol agent and also... What, what exactly the different titles you have? you got Man, a lot of them. Too many. I just say vice president of the National Council and then call it, call it a day. There we go. <laughs> and I know that, that means a lot because when you work in law enforcement, whether it be local agency or state or federal, you're really limited in the things you can talk about. So yes. your position, uh, it's greatly appreciated you're able to take some time and talk about it. One of the things before we went to break we were talking about is this attitude of open borders right. and lack of support from our politicians. Yes. Being an integral part of the escalation of crime and narcotics, can you elaborate on it a little bit more? Yeah, definitely. You know, obviously that that's a humongous issue that uh, people need to be aware of because I think there's too many individuals that that just say, "Oh, well, it's just open borders. It's just you know, a regular individual is going to come pick you know strawberries or you know work at the fields, migrant you know field workers." And it's and it's not like that. It's it's turned into a different animal, I guess you would say. Do um, you have individuals that come into our country and uh, we do run record checks when we arrest them, but the only record checks that we can run is if they've committed a crime in the United States. So let's put, let's, let's think about it. You can have a, an individual that's committed every crime you can think of in their country and now they come into the United States, you're going to run records and obviously you're not going to have any way to find out what crimes they committed in their country and now they're going to ask for asylum because of limited space and because of the laws saying you can't hold them for only a certain amount of time, you're not going to release them and wish and pray that they show up to their immigration court. 98% don't show up. Right. Now you have a criminal running around the streets. And that's what I want people to understand. You have this, this group of politicians and, and washed up movie stars and musicians and everything, everyone else that has a soapbox now, right, that they can yell at it. And they say, oh, well, you know, we should have open borders. We should have this. So you want open borders, and at the same time, you want gun control. So what you want in America is foreign criminals to be in your country and then the legal people in this country not to have the right to defend themselves from them. Which makes absolutely no sense at all. But that's if you if and you look at it, that's what they want. And Art, I don't know what model they're they're getting this information from, or this idea from. We look at your Europe and the European Union. You have mm-hmm. a lot of open travel there. Yes, but they're far more restrictive than we are, and they're they're far more restrictive about the issues you're talking about than these politicians let on. They're, they're definitely. I mean, we'll just look at Mexico. I can do it, Mexico, because it's right there. Look at their gun control laws. And look at the crime rate with guns. You know, their, their immigration laws, I don't, they don't even have a birthright citizenship in Mexico. But here they turn around and, you know, they, they, they want to enforce it here. Look, you can tell by my accent, I'm Hispanic. Right. It's not a racial thing. No. It has nothing to do with race. My family migrated to this country. My family migrated legally. There's a legal way to do it and an illegal way to do it. I recently did um, a, another show and it was a podcast and they spoke about it and they tried to use, there's some people on, on social media that tried to use my words against me. 
And one of the words, you know, that I said, you know, uh, because there was a tax on Border Patrol agents, and I said, you can't paint every single Border Patrol agent with a broad stroke. Right. So I said that. So now they're using it against me and said, well, Arch could easily remove that word Border Patrol agent and write immigrant. You can't paint all immigrants with a broad stroke. No one is painting all immigrants with a broad broad stroke. People need to understand and the media needs to understand and they do a horrible job or a good job, I guess, because they're controlling the narrative of not using the word illegal in front of immigrants. No one here is against immigration. We're against illegal immigration. I'm not against you going to the doctor if you feel pain and, and, and you need a prescription and you need to go speak to the doctor and you go to the emergency room. I'm not against that. I am against you going to a corner and getting, you know, a nickel of heroin and shooting it up in our neighborhood. Yeah. There's a difference between illegal and, it and be legal. obvious why. There's it's, a huge difference and people don't get it. But people, it's, I don't know when this shift happened, but I do know this and I really abhor partisan politics. So I don't talk about it, but... Some of the same people that, that are in office now on a federal level right. from there's two main parties are saying the same thing or, or 10, 15 years ago were saying the same things that so-called Republicans or right. conservatives are saying. And now they're calling them out. Every name of the book. Every name of the book is because you, you felt the same way I did 15 years ago. And somewhere along the line, they changed. And I don't know what... What prompted that change? You know, I, I think a lot of it is, is social media. There, it's so easy now to jump on social media, do some kind of platform, and you'll have somebody follow you. You will have followers, you know? And, and then people start getting enamored by one person, and they just keep on pushing their narrative of whatever it is they feel, and then you just get a group of people, and all of a sudden it's biblical and it's true. Uh, I encounter so many individuals that uh, where I do public speaking, and people come and they want to argue with me, and they say, well, I heard this and this. Well, where'd you hear it from? You, you, just heard, you just heard it from yeah. him, so you thought it was true? I mean, you didn't bother to do the research? You didn't bother to speak to him? But I think we have it on both sides, you know, yeah. and I see it. I see it. I see, as I said, when I first started this segment, I said, we have a lot of individuals that never really cared about it before. And now because it's a way for them to get some kind of social recognition, they're jumping on that soapbox. And the, the, when we look at potential solutions, let's just say uh, building a detention facility. I don't want to get into the argument about how, how good or not good they are, because I've no, seen definitely. some ones in, in Florida and Miami that are very, very nice. Right. Uh, they're nicer right. than places I've lived. I'll tell you what, the, the detention facilities now are nicer than they were under the Obama administration. That I will say. But <laughs> somewhere along the line, the they have lost all sense of reason. Mm-hmm. But if you try to build a detention facility, they'll come up with it not in my backyard. Uh, you can do it elsewhere, right. but not right. here. Well, it's a deten- people need to understand also, it's, it's a holding fa- there's a difference between a holding facility and a deten- detention facility. A holding facility, they're built to just hold somebody for less than 24 hours. And that is a lot of what Border Patrol deal, deals with. ICE deals with something different, obviously, that more of a detention facility where they can hold them for a longer period. But at the end of the day, if we had enough immigration judges down on the border actually looking at these false claims, it'd be easier because you could send these people back without having to detain them at all. What percentage of the claims do you think are false? Uh, man, I'll tell you what, 98 don't show up for court. I'll say... Um, over 98 are false. The, so the that ones that don't show up are false. Well, because we're, so the ones say that do... 2 to 5% are, are legitimate asylum seekers over yeah. a legitimate legal way of life. Right. And so what what are, they, what are they doing to the system? They're they're stopping the system because they're making it hard. The, the, the ones that are false claims are making it hard for the actual claims that are real. 
that's the problem. And then it creates a situation where it ties up so, so much manpower that you can't effectively handle every scenario. That means even more drugs and more weapons coming. Definitely, because you're moving agents out of the way. At the end of the day, we need more agents on the field. We lose more Border Patrol agents every month than what we gain. And is part of that caused by politicians and a lot of the it media? Is, a lot of it is because of politicians. Um, look, at, uh, I hate to get into it because obviously we're, we're, we're I, I call it the National Border Patrol Council, but let's be honest, it's a union, right? And uh, we, we don't argue pay. Right. We can't negotiate pay. But one of the big issues that has hurt the Border Patrol is we were so vocal against the past administration about their immigration problems that in turn what we got was a pay reduction. No one in CBP, no one in DHS, I don't think any federal agent in the entire United States got a pay reduction. But Border Patrol agents and Border Patrol agents alone got a pay cut. And that was the political powers that be punishing you for That's right, for being local. For, for doing your job and saying this is what we need. For telling the American public the truth. That's what it comes down to, telling the American public the truth. And we still have that today. I'll be honest. We still have that today. We still have leaders within our own organization. There were leaders here before, and they still have that agenda where they're, they're, they don't care to really tell the people the truth. And it's bothering you know, it's very, very bothering. Art, right, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks Thank for you for having what me. you do. And before we leave, let's get another shameless plug for your show. Oh, yeah. You guys can follow me on The Green Line, and that is through iHeartRadio. And thank you very much for having me. And as always, stay safe and God bless. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today radio show. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is a nationally syndicated radio show broadcast on numerous stations once a week and growing. If you enjoyed the podcast version of the show, please do me a big favor. Tell a friend. I'll be back in just a couple days with a brand new episode of the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya.